This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So one practice that I always encourage my students to do is to record themselves. And the reason you do that is because you can look at yourself from an outsider's perspective. You're no longer in the moment. You can listen to what things you like about your playing, what things you don't like about it, things that you need to fix for next time. And that way you can train yourself and always know what needs to be improved upon. Well, it's also a good idea to listen to recordings that you've recorded far in the past. That way you can see where you've come from and, you know, how you've improved, maybe some bad habits that still exist in your playing so you can make sure to tackle them. So that's exactly what I did today. I stumbled upon some old recordings of myself. I'm going to critique them. I'm going to tell you what I think about them. And I think we're all going to learn a lot together. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, hey, welcome. My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. So happy that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I really do appreciate it. And on today's episode 136, I am indeed going to listen to a recording of myself that I found the other day from 2011. I was just kind of going through my archives a little bit, and I found this session that I did with a bass player, just duo, guitar and and bass. And uh, I started listening to some of the songs, and I thought, hey, this would be really interesting to feature one of these songs on the show and just go through them and critique them, talk about what I like about it, talk what I don't like about it, talk about what I would have changed. And not only, of course, is this helpful for me, so thanks for allowing me to just take the time to you know, analyze myself and help myself improve. But I think it's also helpful for you to listen in to see the kind of stuff that I'm looking at and the kind of stuff that I would like to work on. And maybe you could start doing the same thing in your playing. Like I said, recording yourself is a practice that I really, really strongly encourage you to do. So hopefully this will encourage you to do that as well. I picked this track because... You know, I found that there was a lot of things I actually was surprised that I really liked about it. You know, this is from seven years ago. It's 2011. Actually, uh, I saw that it was done to the date, to the month uh, from from when this recording is coming out in 2018. So, you know, there's a lot of things I was surprised. I was like, I actually really like some of this stuff. I actually wish I was doing more of this. Uh, some aspects of my playing with others, some other parts that I was like, Ugh, a little unrefined, needs a little bit of work, right? So I'm gonna go through that together with you today. I think this is gonna be really educational for all of us, including me, you know? So thanks again for letting me, you know, essentially have a little mini practice session with myself. So I do appreciate you. And uh, I hope you get a lot of value out of this today. All right, so before we jump into that, though, I just wanna thank a recent podcast reviewer on iTunes. 
I always do appreciate these. This one's called Chicago Traffic Creates Jazz Knowledge. It's by Gut Pocket Slim. That's what he says. I drive through Chicago rush hour for two and a half hours a day. This podcast has turned my drive into a classroom. I've been listening to one a day. When I finally get home, I write out notes and ideas that the podcast has inspired. I recommend this podcast to anyone looking to learn daunting lessons about jazz in a friendly and not intimidating way. Well, thanks so much, Gut Gut Pocket Slim. I really appreciate you. Thanks for that kind review. I do read every single review that comes in. So if you like this podcast, you get a lot of value out of it every week, just take a little time to go rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, leave a positive feedback. Helps other people find the show and get excited about it, uh, just as excited as you are about it. And if you are listening on a different podcast service, feel free to leave your rating and review on that one as well. All right, that's all for that. Let's jump right into today's show. All right, so the standard that I picked uh, from this particular session, there were several songs that we had recorded. I, I believe I just went to this bass player. I was living in Harlem at the time in uh, in Manhattan, and I just went to the bass player's uh, house, and we just you know had a little jam session. I decided to record some tunes. Um, so the one that I picked was "Gone with the Wind," that jazz standard, a great tune. I believe concert E flat. Yes, concert E flat. Uh, is the key we're playing it in. And so, yeah, let's just start listening to it, and I'll just kind of stop when I feel like there's something I'd like to say. Let me stop it right here. That was the melody. So something that I like right off the beginning is just the way I'm expressing the melody. I, I do like it. And, you know, I can hear that I'm singing a little bit in there. I find that when I do sing along with what I'm playing, you know, I'm not a horn player. So, right, that's a it's different when you're a piano player or a guitar player. If you're a horn player listening, you know, you're kind of already, you know, using the energy of your body, of, of, of that expression from your, you know, your lungs and your air. So I find that that helps me express things really well. Um, that's just me personally. I know that's not for everybody. For some people, it's, it's a distraction to their playing. For me, it just helps me. So I can hear that's coming out. If there's one thing I would say that I don't really like is there's some key parts of the melody there. While it's fine to embellish the melody, sometimes I'm missing some of the, the key parts there, like certain notes that I'm not hitting that I really should. And so what I definitely do better now is I definitely try to play me- melodies unadulterated. I just believe you should play them straight. Um, um, although, you know, with your own expression, but so that's one thing I would say, you know, maybe just hitting some of those, not, not hitting different notes than are really in the, the melody. So, all right, let's keep, let's continue on now. Mm-hmm. 
first course. I'm going to stop here again and say something, too. Okay, so I like the fact that I started my first chorus with a chord solo. I think that's cool. You know, sometimes, especially in the guitar world, I'm, you know, this is just a guitar player's critique here. Sometimes, you know, you do single note lines and then you build up to chords. It's sort of like that West Montgomery thing. Um, but you don't have to do that, right? I mean, so I kind of start very subtle, these little rhythmic patterns. I like that. The only problem I have with it is the way I started it. You know, the break in between the melody and the first solo, the first uh, chorus. I did this cool triplet thing. Listen to what I did. Yeah, so it was like I started uh, an eighth note on the end of one and then did this triple pattern. So this and resolved it to that first that first chord. And that was really awesome. That The way I set it up, though, wasn't into a chord solo. I, I felt like I was going to start playing some nice single note lines. So that sort of left, for, for me personally, I was like, ooh, that's a cool idea. What am I going to do now? And then I went to a chord solo, which would have been fine. It just, I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't feel like that was the vibe I'm setting up. I could be nitpicking here. But anyways, that's what I would say. Let's move to that second chorus. I think I'm going to still play some chords here. right here stop right here all right so that just finished the third chorus there so the the second chorus i continue with some pretty cool chord ideas i, I kind of liked it I, I think i was starting to build a little bit you know you could always nitpick and be like i wish i didn't play that chord or that chord but actually i think i was onto something now the third chorus which we just got done listening to is where i feel like where i was like yes like i actually loved some of the stuff i was doing there um I, you know, and I have to say, some of that stuff I was doing there, these very triplety runs that like descend, like in chromatic, like these, like I don't, I can't sing it, but you know, like stuff that really chromatically goes downwards, like that's really cool. And I, I have to say, I I don't do that as much in my playing today. I think I must have, you know, by the, by the sounds of it, I think I was listening to some Kurt Rosenwinkel back then, like must have been like in a Kurt Rosenwinkel thing because I can definitely hear some of that in there and. Uh yeah, I man, I like that. I want to I want to do more of that. So th- this is one reason why you should listen back to recordings of yourself cuz now I'm like that was awesome. Like, you know, the best place to like we're always talking about listen to 
other jazz musicians to learn how to play and learn their solos, learn licks. Of course, we do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, especially when you start developing as a player, if you should listen back to yourself and if you like something that you did that you're like, that is really something I like to come back to, that's the stuff you should really do because that's where your personality actually starts coming out. So I like some of the stuff I was doing there these and you know i was also quoting the melody a little bit so you know actually right now i can't critique too much about the th- i mean you could always do better right but i mean i'm pretty pleased with some of the stuff i was doing in that third chorus especially so all right i'm going to start playing just the last little end part of the second chorus where i was quoting because i start i think i was going places with the concept so we'll start from there <laughs> So let me talk about the end of my solo there. So a few things there, and uh, I obviously kind of at the beginning of that fourth chorus there, I started uh, going into another chord solo, but this time it was obviously a little more aggressive than when I how I started. So you know that's that's again a typical guitar thing where you know you build up with chords, you know, because you know that's as a guitarist you have different tools and every instrument has different tools you know if you're a horn player or a bass player or a drummer or whatever you have different tools to use at your you know to to build tension right uh sometimes i'd be adding tension with my chords you know doing very dissonant going out a little bit you know there's different things like that i will say and this is something that i'm still conscious of today is that sometimes i tend to rush my lines a little bit like you know if you if you're listening this bass player he really actually has really solid time and sometimes I'm really pushing it a little bit, right? I'm pushing the, the 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 limits a little bit. So really could could use laying back a little bit. Sometimes I feel like I'm just being a little too busy, like overdoing that triplety line things. You know, you know, I just think it's a little too much sometimes. You know, what will I, in general? What I thought about my solo is that it could have been. It, like the ideas were there, and one thing that I've I've always you know given myself a little credit for, you know, we're always very critical of ourselves. But one thing is I give myself credit for is that I really do always reach for stuff that are 
creative, you know, further than I don't always just play it safe with my playing. Like I try to reach for something bigger and better. And I think we should all be doing that. Right. But at the same time, there's a little bit of finesse that's missing there, um, which, you know, we're always trying to critique that. Right. We're always trying to refine that. So that's what I would say. Okay, so let's go into this bass solo. Um, I believe it's a good bass solo. Let me listen to it. It's more about I'm not going to critique him. I'm going to be critiquing my comping, I think. So let's listen to this. solo so let's i'm gonna stop it here talk about comping so playing duo is really an art i've found i've played a ton of duo gigs over the years and it's tricky and you know it doesn't matter if you're you know in my case i'm a guitar player so i like it's very natural if there's a if there's someone else soloing for me i'm gonna be comping you know but if you're a horn player there's certain things that you can and should be doing too if you're playing duo so duo is a unique situation but it's actually a really great test of rhythmic time, rhythmic feel, keeping your place in the song, and like all these different things. Um, now, one thing is this bass player really has rock solid time. You know, he could solo by himself all day. He doesn't need a drummer. He doesn't need me to comp behind him. He doesn't need any of that stuff, right? So really what I, my job was is to compliment So I feel like I was complimenting him, but the problem I have is the other job I have is to give the listener some context, right? And sometimes I wasn't really giving the context. So what I would say I should have been doing more of is a little bit better of just playing more rhythmically. Not that I had to be, you know, just spelling it out the whole time, because again, the bass player doesn't need that, but I could have given the listener a lot more direction about what was going on. Sometimes, even to my ear, things were just a little too ambiguous. You know, it was a little too ambiguous. And I think that I could have done a much better job of just locking that in, you know, a little bit more rhythmic, a little bit more, you know, nailing the downbeat, a little less 
a little less, you know, sparse playing, a little less sometimes playing alterations that were unnecessary. So that's what I would say with that. And I believe the next section is going to be is going to be a trading section. So let's 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 check this out. All right, top of the chorus. Okay. All right. That was it. So yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not holding anything back here. You you totally heard it. We both got lost during the trading. I couldn't really tell what happened there. I'm pretty sure uh, I was playing something rhythmically ambiguous somewhere. We got off a beat or two. Then the bass player just continued. He like continued soloing and like eight eight bars or something into the next chorus. And then it just kind of got weird. So you know, listen, that, that happens, right? And uh you know, we probably could have both done a better job of getting back in together. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. It probably was neither. It was probably a combination of misleading things that we were both doing. But, you know, we got back in there. I actually think the head out was good. I thought that the ending was nice. I liked I liked all of that. But, you know, th- these are all things to listen back to and be like, hey, what, <laughs> what happened there? I, and like I said, I feel like some of that rhythmic ambiguity that I was doing in the bass solo was carrying on a little bit. And there's some cool moments too. There's this moment in the trading where we did this cool sus thing together, which sounded awesome, right? So when you man, when you really listen to other musicians and you're you're listening to them 
then some magic can really happen sometimes. That's where the real magic happens. It's not when you're playing your personal best. It's not when you're shedding the best lines. It's not when you're you know playing something uber impressive. It's when you actually are listening and responding. And you know, it's been seven years since the recording, and I mean, there's I've had some very amazing moments in between all that time until now where I can just think of certain gigs I've played where some real like stuff that I could never have imagined happening on my own is certainly not in the practice room happened because we were all listening together and we were all just had the right mood, the right idea. We had the right spirit and it just some really cool things came together. So how would I summarize this, this recording? I would summarize it. I think the first takeaway for me is I really like some of the things I was doing back then as far as the spirit of what I was trying to do. I liked what I was reaching for. I liked I liked the emotion I was putting in there. And there's some things, some elements that would be nice to bring back to my playing that I'm doing now. So I, I really I really liked it. I really liked some of the guts I was putting into the music that I was trying to play, trying to improvise, trying to express. Um, the second thing I would take away is, you know, there, the, some of the weak spots that maybe continue are probably the rushing thing. I would say I still sometimes have a tendency to rush. You know, what happens is you kind of get locked into what you're doing and you just, you know, again, you got to have your ears open at all times. You have to have those ears open, make sure that you're playing with the band, not just playing for yourself. So that's something that I would say, okay, still need to keep an eye out on that because that's still ha- that's still happening a little bit. Um, as far as the comping goes, yeah, I mean, we could be a little bit stronger. Back then, we could have been a little stronger. I feel like I've my comping has definitely improved a bit since then. Um, obviously, the comping, if you're listening, I was doing some very creative things. Most of it, I think, was working, not all of it. Sometimes I'd be hitting some stuff that, you know, it's okay to go out, but if it doesn't resolve, right, then it's like, uh, you know, but sometimes it did resolve and it was like, that was awesome, right? So there's there's all these things you have to look out for. What I would say is that was definitely a great place, a great moment. I think me and the bass player did have some good chemistry going on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and actually, if I remember correctly, me and that bass player really did not play much together. I think the reason I was getting together for the jam session is because like, I think we should play together a little bit just to, you know, he's someone I'll play with a lot. So definitely was in the networking phase back then. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts. A lot of good stuff that was going on and I'm, I'm, I was pleased of to listen to some things that were kind of shady. Obviously, we had that moment where we both got lost. <laughs> but, you know, I'm being vulnerable with you guys. I'm showing you guys. I'm not just, you know, showing you my highlight reel here. I want to show you some things that didn't go well, too, um, because that's all stuff that both you and I can learn from. So all in all, I think this is a great practice to record yourself at all times, but then go ahead and listen to some really old stuff. You know, you might be pleased with what you hear. You might be pleased to hear the progress you've made, too. That's the other thing. And you might hear some things that, hey, that's still happening Okay, need to keep working on that too. All right, so I hope this was helpful for you guys, and I hope that you got something out of listening to this recording. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. I never take it for granted that you're here listening, and I just hope that I was able to help you today. 
So I really do thank you so much. Now, before we go, uh, you know, I just want to say, hey, if you have never thought about joining my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing Practice course, recording yourself is something that my students are often doing. We have a community discussion board where, you know, not only are the students recording their assignments that I'm giving them and sharing them with others and commenting on and giving uplifting feedback to everybody, you know, that that is a surefire way to document where your playing is at. And, you know, they're basically it's built into the course by default, uh, along with the other benefits. So if you like this kind of stuff, you know, consider that course 30 steps to better jazz playing.com. There is a, a, a mini course uh, that you have to go through first, but it's basically the first module of the course anyways. But if you're thinking about, you know, practicing, having a good practice routine, you know, wanting to really improve your jazz playing, a lot of the students will tell you, uh, this course is really doing the trick. All right. So that's at 30 steps to better jazz playing.com. And last but not least, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. If you would like to leave a rating and a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever, please do that. I really appreciate it. Just takes about, you know, less than a minute of your time, free way to give back. All right. Hey, listen, I know we haven't had a lot of guests recently on the show and that's all been by intention, but we do have some awesome guests coming up. All right. So stay tuned. And uh, I'll see you back next week for another episode of the LJS Podcast. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.